Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... This world tries to suck the joy right out of you, doesn't it? If you don't preach this stuff to yourself, the world will win. If you don't remind yourself who you are in God's eyes, you are a special chosen people because of Jesus Christ. So that doesn't make us arrogant. That makes us humble. But if you don't remember that, This world will eat you alive, and you got to remember it every day. How would you like to have an apostle pray for you? If you answered yes, the end of Ephesians chapter 1 is for you. Here the apostle Paul prays that followers of Jesus know him more deeply and intimately. He prays that the power of the Holy Spirit would open people's eyes to the reality of Jesus Christ initially, and that we would see who we are in Christ daily. His prayer for you is far beyond a superficial knowledge of God but rather for a close relationship and knowledge of the living God. Do you want that? If you answered yes, stay tuned as we finish out the Apostles' Prayer today. Here's Pastor Jim. We need the Holy Spirit to see God for the first time, as we just said, but also for our eyes to see daily who we are in Christ, which we covered in verses 3 through 14, and we will get to in the weeks to come. I love Paul's confidence his boldness. It's not arrogance. His confidence is in God and in God's ability to open the spiritual eyes of others. How how confident are you in God to open the spiritual eyes of others? That brother-in-law who always makes fun of you every Thanksgiving and Christmas. That cousin, that neighbor, that person in the next cubicle that you want a club. Right? Are you confident in their ability, in God's ability to open their eyes? You say, I don't know. Let me just give you one evidence that he can do it. He opened yours. <laughs> He opened mine. So the people that we think are furthest from God, are we confident in God's ability? And the, and the apostle, like any good pastor, and remember we always say the apostles were pastors, wants the people of God to know Christ more intimately and deeply, and he longs for their maturity. This is one thing that breaks my heart. I know so many people who would say that they are Christians and they know so many things about about so many different things. I mean, they know so much, but sadly, their knowledge of God is what? Tanking. It's declining. Now, this is what we all say. There are so many more distractions now. 
And it's easy to blame all the distractions. And there's a lot of them. I'm not saying that there's not. That's why I tell people, the people say, yeah, I can't concentrate when I try to spend time alone with God. I go, is your phone dinging? <laughs> well, yeah. I go, well, there's a, there's, a, there's a problem right there. But this is soul searching, very soul searching. Have we given into the distractions or have we really just settled for a superficial knowledge of God? Is that really what it is? If, if you don't want that, you and I must pray for a deeper understanding of the word of God for ourselves and for others. In his classic book, Knowing God, by J.I. Packer, if you haven't read it, you have to, or else I won't be your friend. I don't read a lot of books multiple times, but it is a classic of classics of classics. J.I. Packer says he noticed four characteristics of those who know God intimately. Number one, they have great energy for God. Number two, they have great thoughts of God. Number three, they have great boldness for God. And number four, they have great contentment in God. Now, I'm not, J.I. Packer is not God. He's not the fourth person of the Trinity. Oh, he just went home to be with the Lord. He's a great writer, great, some phenomenal stuff. Uh, I, I love his book on evangelism and the sovereignty of God. We put the word out and we leave it in God's hands. But I got to tell you, that's a pretty good list, isn't it? That, that's a pretty good list to, to, to describe someone who knows God intimately and who is empowered and on fire for God because of the Spirit. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, he's praying this, the eyes of your understanding, and and that would be even, you could say, our hearts being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. So, so he wants us to know all that God is, all who God is, all he has done for us. Now, are these promises for everybody? No. Look at verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? That's who this power is for, those who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, most Christians have their own ideas about what it means to know God intimately. I understand that we all express it differently. You know, some of us love the the music part. Some of us love the teaching part. Some of us love the bagels part. I understand all that. But but most of those are based on, on personality and sort of our bent, but not the Apostle Paul. Notice he prays for the hope of his calling, the certainty. Remember, hope in the Bible is certainty. The certainty of God's calling, the riches of his inheritance, and for God's power towards those who believe. What an interesting way to pray for people, isn't it? I mean, Boy, you should be marking in your Bible right now and taking that out tomorrow morning and people you know saying that, that you would pray for the certainty of God's calling in their life 
the riches of God's inheritance, and the power towards people who believe. You know, so many Christians are so down, but we should be above all others the people of hope. We have the certainty of being the beneficiaries of the plan of God. There are many ways we could explain this, but for time's sake, simply, God has called you to a special life now. And it also comes with a glorious future. Remember, we said last week that that Ephesians, we talk about Paul's theology of we have it already, but not yet. We have everything God has promised us already, but not yet. But Ephesians is mainly a book of the already. He's talking a lot about what we have now. So God has called you to a special life now with a glorious future. A glorious part of what we have now and in that future is our inheritance. What God has promised for those who love him. You say, well, we're not getting that till the next life. If you know God now, that's the best part of it. But not only that, he says, he says in, in the joy of the Lord, you will experience his inheritance. So, so that's now, but it's also in heaven for those that have put their trust that Jesus died on the cross for them. We will be with him in heaven. Here we are to be with him and to be like him. That's the goal, because in heaven we will be with him, the Bible says, and we will be like him. And what is mind-blowing about this, and again, if you're here and you're not a Christian, man, this is the best news ever. We were once his enemies. We, we once hated him, or at the very least, we completely disregarded him, which he would take as to me. We didn't love him and we hated him. But now we are children of God. We are in God's will. That's a hard thing to convince Christians of. It's a hard thing to convince Christians how rich we already are. How much privilege we have that we are part of God's plan now. It's amazing. I guess it has to do with maybe the conviction of sin and, 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 and thinking we're not doing enough for God. But so many Christians are moping around while the rest of the world is thinking they're pretty darn special. You're going to heaven? Of course I am. Won't be the same without me. Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? It won't be the same with you. But because of Christ, we are special in Christ. And here's the way to realize you are special in Christ. You ready? Write this down. This is very deep. The best way to realize it is to realize it. <laughs> That's the best way to realize it. Stop listening to yourself. Start preaching to yourself that you are special because you are in Christ and stop constantly making this world your home. Stop constantly viewing everything through the lens of the American dream. Another reason I think that, that we're not overjoyed is we're not well aware of what he calls the working of his mighty power. 
the working of his mighty power. How many of you would like to change that right now? Any, any volunteers on that? Oh, you weaklings, you, <laughs> right? I, let's change it right now. Let's ch- so God, please change it in them right now. They don't want to change it. They hate change. They're Americans. Americans hate change. We say that we're cowboys, but we're not. We hate, we want everything the same. All right, let's change this right now. Honestly, don't answer your, don't answer out loud. Do you find it hard to believe that God can make you a better Christian? Be dead serious with yourself. Do you sometimes find it hard to believe? Do you start to think sometimes it might be hopeless for you? Like you young moms. If I yell at my kids one more time, I'm going to kill them. (laughs) God, please change this in me. You're frustrated at work. You have all these different things. Nothing is ever going right. Do you believe that God can make you a better Christian? Do you believe that God can make us a better church? Well, most of you would say you do. And and the struggle, I think, is because we spend too much time looking in the mirror. We spend too much time looking at the rest of the world. And we don't put enough focus on Christ. And we don't put enough focus on the power of the Spirit. You say, how, how does that work? The next time you go to sin, don't do it. And then when you don't do it, thank God for the power of his Spirit to say no. Don't think, I'm pretty proud of myself, I didn't do it. Oh, you're devil's food cake. <laughs> No, 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 no. Thank God for it. We say this often. A lot of people who are followers of Jesus know they believe that we're saved by grace, but they often act like they're maintained by themselves. Couldn't be more untrue. That is not true at all. Yes, it's true your growth will require grace-motivated effort, but the Holy Spirit takes our effort and he turns it into growth. He takes our effort and turns it into maturity. Well, you say, will the Lord do it? Now, remember last week we said that you sin and you think maybe God's not going to bring you in heaven. All he would have to undo to bring you in. So you think, will the Lord do it? Well, think about this for a second. If you had an inheritance, wouldn't you watch out for it? See, sometimes we forget um, that... That, that we are his inheritance. That, that means, I know we inherit heaven, we inherit the Lord, but we're his inheritance. Now, I know he got the booby prize when he got us, but we're his people. He died on the cross for us. We will be in heaven with him by his choice, by his election, we covered earlier in the chapter. And so why wouldn't God watch out for his inheritance? Why wouldn't God watch out for the ones that his son shed his blood for? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't God want to make a better Christian out of those who believe? It, it really is this simple. Be faithful 
and watch God work. That's why I told you I love to teach the Bible and then I love to watch God work. I love it. It's what, it's what inspires me. So be faithful, watch God work in your life and the life of others and pray, as the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Pray your way through the day, both for yourself and for others. Look, let's pick it up at the end of verse 19. He says, according to the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. In the, in the Bible, uh, that is symbolic of authority, of privilege, of honor, of victory, of power. We could go on and on and on. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. In other words, everything is under Christ's reign. He is king. That is already in effect now. Verse 21, far above all principality and power uh, and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, so it's now, but also that which is to come. So let's think of God's power. The Bible teaches us that God spoke and the universe leapt into existence. That same power rose from rose Jesus from the dead and that same power is now at work in all who believe. When is it at work? Now. In all who have trusted Jesus. That same power that rose Jesus from the dead and ascended him to heaven is at work in you. What does that tell you now? That that power is in your life now and that power will raise you from the dead and that power will bring you to heaven. This gives, not should. This gives your life and your service to God, incredible meaning and purpose when? Now. Now. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the great resurrection chapter. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Knowing that Christ is king, knowing that he is overall, knowing that your work is not in vain now, motivates our kingdom labor today and in the future. So not only are all things inferior to Christ, not are all, only are all things under Jesus Christ, he is also reminding us how secure our future is. Now, this world tries to suck the joy right out of you, doesn't it? If you don't preach this stuff to yourself, the world will win. If you don't remind yourself who you are in God's eyes, you are a special chosen people because of Jesus Christ. So that doesn't make us arrogant. That makes us humble. But if you don't remember that, this world will eat you alive. And you got to remember it every day. So he concludes the chapter, verse 22 and 23, and he put all things under his feet, that was written hundreds of years earlier, Psalm 8, 6, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him 
who fills all in all. If you don't think that the church or the church or the church or the gathering of the saints is important, this book is going to really challenge your thinking. It is only the church that is described as Christ's body. Nothing else is described as his body. Christ is united to the church. The church, the people who put their trust in Jesus, are united to Christ, and the church is united to one another. And if Christ is head of all, that means Jesus is the head of the church. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't give lip service to that. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus probably tells me that about a hundred times a day. (laughs) Now, let's go back to serving. Oh, you said, oh, not more. When you serve, you are serving Christ himself, but also remember that he is serving the body of Christ through you. Which means that also the other flip side of that is when we complain, what are we doing to Christ's work in the church? What are we doing to Christ's work in the world? What are we doing to the mission? Now, many people say they get that Christ is the head of the church, but to hear them talk, a lot of people talk like the pastor is. The pastor is not. If you want the church that where the pastor is the head of the church, it's, this is not the place for you. I'm being dead honest. I don't want the job. I don't. I want Jesus to be in charge. You know, I, I, I watch churches and, 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 a, and, a, and a pastor leaves and then a whole bunch of other people leave. What does that tell you? They never grasped it. They never got it. They never got it. Or, or when they expect, when, when uh, it's not here, but when you have a lot of churches, they expect the pastor to do everything. What does that tell you? Those people never got it. They never got it. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12, for doing everything? No. For equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for edifying or building up the body of Christ. That's why we study the word of God. To be equipped for the work of the ministry that God has for us to do. So, we're worshiping God with our service. And so, we're famous in heaven. And all, and all of this so we can experience how he ends this chapter, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Christ died for us, he serves us, he preserves us. And, the, and essentially the Apostle Paul is praying that we would continue to become more like him. And the way to become more like him is to be dependent on him and pray that he fills our lives and the life of our church with his presence. That we would know Christ better that we would be certain of the hope that we have been called to and that we would experience the power of the Holy Spirit today until Christ brings us home. But all of this is only for those who believe. 
that Jesus died on the cross in their place for their sins and rose from the dead and now rules and now reigns. If you've never put your trust in Christ, you can tonight. If maybe you find yourself, you're kind of wandering, you can come back tonight. You can be part of God's inheritance, the ones he's waiting for. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Would you like to hear this message again? Simply log on to our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com. There, you can listen to archive broadcasts, load our mobile app, as well as listen to Pastor Jim's easy-to-follow, verse-by-verse teaching on much of the Bible. You can also request a CD of this message in its original, unedited form on our website. If you would prefer to write to us, our address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. That's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or you can give us a call at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. Changed by Love is sponsored by listeners like you. We are so thankful for your continued support and prayers that allow us to bring our show to you on this station. Make sure you tell your friends and family about Changed by Love on this station, as well as how to listen to Pastor Jim on our website and mobile app. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through God's Word. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time to be encouraged, comforted, and challenged by the Word of God. You are all a blessing to us. We hope to see you next time here on Changed by Love. Changed by Love